Hello friends, my name is James Hawkins Jones, and as always I'm joined by my good friends Brian Castiglione and Anthony Alessino, as well as my younger brother, Jack Hawkins Jones. On this show we're all about parlays, overs, unders, spreads, and money lines. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Parlay What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Parlez Vu podcast. It's your boy James Hawkins. Joseph. We got Anthony Alessino here. No Jack. Brian is running a little late, but before he gets here, we're going to tackle the non-football issues of the day. We're going to the World Wrestling Entertainment where Vince McMahon is back, baby. <coughs> last Friday night, or whenever the last week's SmackDown tapings, an all-talent meeting was held before the show. Headed by Paul Triple H Levesque, where he ensured the talent and the roster that nothing was going to change with creative and that Vince was only back to help determine if, when, and who in terms of a potential sale of the company. Had a similar meeting on Monday night ahead of the Monday night Raw tapings with the talent there. Despite reports that Vince is already back in the offices in Stamford, Connecticut, and making creative suggestions to people. Okay? So, if you are familiar with Vincent Kennedy McMahon and the history of the WWE, and you think for one second that this doesn't end with the man back in the fucking chair at go, behind the fucking curtain, every fucking Monday night, every pay-per-view, you're out of your mind. Oh, yeah, I agree. This is all just a ploy for this man to get back. It's like our boy fucking that we like on TikTok, JD from New York, said. If this guy can come in and take board members out and put two new board members in who aren't going to go against him and make all these decisions on his own and overwrite the shareholders, what is he in the news for today? We'll get to it. If he can do all of these things. There's new news? Yeah, dude. He's being sued. Detroit Police and Fire Pension Board sues WWE Vince McMahon as shareholders. Oh, shareholders, yeah, yeah because they don't. They, that's it's too volatile to the stock itself. You can't be kicking board members off just because they're not yes men. You can't be doing that. Listen, the the thing, the, the so of the just a real quick of the two point eight billion dollars in the in the pension board's fund for the police and fire of Detroit. 100,000 of it is invested in WWE, and some of its members are upset that McMahon, who faced allegations of sexual assault, has gotten his position back as company chairman. Hmm. So there's that. There's a class, a-, a huge class action going against him right now. Because this is what he did on, on the 5th, right? He amended bylaws. Did you see this about the, the amending the bylaws thing? Because I want to read it real quick no. to make sure we have it Go right. Go ahead and read it. I got to find it first. While you're looking for it, my big thing is the talent that was let go by by Vince, rehired by Triple H. Where the where do they stand? Those are the guys that that should be worried, right? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying the push that even Kevin Owens, the push that he got under Triple H's control, uh, the storylines written, the, the all these things are going to change now. Very confusing, especially when you're in the midst of your first 
I don't want to say competition because AEW and WWE aren't really direct competition, but you know there is some, there is that comparison at this point, right? So, how now? Why now? Uh, and the sale is happening purely because he can't be in control, so no one can be. Obviously, well, the, the relationship the, the talks of the sale have gone have been going on for years, but this is because like he's getting older. So this right. is not a then now forever. And because of because of Hunter's health with the heart, and because they got a family and whatever, yada yada yada. But they, but we, I got it here. Go ahead. Um, Steph wants to run this thing. Wholeheartedly wants to own WWE. Was against the sale. Why did she walk away minutes after Vince came back? Then she's against the sale. In my opinion, I mean, I I think there's some fact behind that, but. Go ahead. Let's see. Again. As reported by Sportico, Detroit's police and fire retirement system filed suit against McMahon last week in Delaware's Court of Chancery, requesting a class action on behalf of other shareholders to seek a declaration blocking him from control of the company's board. From Sportico, the complaint argues that McMahon has breached fiduciary duties as controlling stockholder by trying to, open quote, impose his personal will on WWE and its board by purporting to adopt a package of invalid and inequ- inequitable Bylaw amendments that would hamstring the board from making critical business decisions. Close quote. These actions come as McMahon has consolidated his power even more by amending WWE bylaws to no longer require shareholder approval of certain actions, including entering into new media rights contracts. What the fuck? And this is on MSN.com. By way of Reddit. Story by Nick Tilwalk. Nick Tilwalk. So how does that. uh Brian's here? How does it get like like so? What 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 can? Well, this is just like this is a bad time for this to happen. Seriously, this is the this is the first push to WrestleMania. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get him. Carry yeah, this. I will. I will. This is the. This is your your. The road to WrestleMania, as they say, this is the start to it, and I just feel like the perspective of Vince is kind of—I don't want to say going down with this ship mentality, but he feels—I don't know. I think I think there's something really wrong here. Steph leaving and walking out is probably the biggest concern I have. Someone who's been literally. Uh, the forefront of the company for the better part of 20, 25 years, either as a performer or behind the scenes. I mean, she was the CEO. So now she just steps down from that role entirely and then leaves the company. And it really, really, really raises, raises red flags as to what's going on with Vince and her and that family dynamic. So I don't know. I just feel like with the Royal Rumble approaching, I guess uh, any news is good news, right? For publicity and and the media. But I got to be honest, if I'm a a pending free agent or someone who's getting a phone call from them looking to possibly make a return entrance to the Rumble or or what have you, I'm pretty nervous. And it doesn't even more so the fact that Triple H had to have these talent meetings um, just to reassure everybody, that's, that's a huge issue. That's a huge issue. That means, that means people are afraid. 
So that's kind of where I stand on it. I think it's a very it's a very scary time if you're a talent. I think it's a very scary time if you're a shareholder. I think it's pretty much a scary time if you're in any position besides Vince McMahon. Because I guess as we've seen now, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and the whole thing is just like it's an interesting deal, right? Like the whole – when we thought, you know, from the last six months to now. Yeah, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was a, lot a whole of running thing. Around, dude. A little running around. From the last six months to now, it has been quite a deal, for lack of a better term. Like we, no one ever really thought that he would ever retire. Allegations come, he retires. Things are looking better than they have in years, from the creative standpoint. Financially, correct me if I'm wrong. Right? Wasn't stock up way up, up yeah, way up, up as it could have ever been. And now it's just like you said before, if I can't have it, no one can. Let me come in and, and write this thing off. And that's why when the fake news broke that they sold to the Saudis came in, people were pissed. Because it was like a real bad optic with, you're coming in. If I can't have it, no one can have it. And I'm taking the dirtiest blood money that I can Wait, hold, hold on. What are your opinions on possibly... Him leaking that information to see. That's what I I thought might have been a deal. See what the blowback would have been. That's I I texted Whitey that. You did. Yeah, I was like, part of me just feels like Vince might have let this get out on purpose. And just say, hey, how do we feel about all this? Just to turn around and be like, we can't sell you Saudi Saudi Arabia. And then a lot of people were like, hey, here's an idea. You sell them. We don't even we don't even watch anymore. I'll be honest. I know it's not what everybody presumes it to be it's not they're not just selling it to saudi arabia like they you know we, we're, we're i think we're viewing it a little differently it's an investment company located in saudi arabia they run live which is the uh, the alternate golf uh program to the pga they pay an absurd amount of money uh isn't ronaldo now signed to ronaldo signed yeah. to a saudi uh soccer team for 200 million for a, a ridiculous a amount of money yeah. a year yeah yeah so all that um Right, and they have vesting stock in Disney, Netflix, for yeah, I get just it. about everywhere. But still, so, but to directly own it is different than having like vested interest in. And like I just, you said, know, like it's different to have a bunch of money going to Disney than to own Disney. Because in this deal, they would own it. Then, now, forever is their motto. Inaccurate. I think that this would be a company that you would hand down generation to generation. And not force a sale to a conglomerate, which is, I mean, it, it is, look, at the end of the day, people could view it two ways. It is Vince's baby. I know it's really his dad's, but Vince grew it to what it is. So at the end of the day, I guess he does have that right to determine if it, if it lives on through, through his family name or, or it goes elsewhere. Right. But like, so like he always said publicly that it was his dream one day for his kids to run it. And Stephanie has been there. And carried the gauntlet for him. You said this all while I was gone. She bared the cross for longer than that. But yeah, 20 years. As a performer. 23 years at least. Yeah, she carried the fucking She married in the industry. She had kids in the industry. She She... (coughs) ate, uh, breathed, drank wrestling, WWE. Their best public ambassador. Everything she's done in the last 20 years. The prime of her life has been towards... Carrying on her father's legacy and her grandfather's legacy. And now Vince is just like, you know what? How's billions sound with a B? No, I get it. Because I should have been a billionaire by now, but I've made a couple of questionable moves like the XFL and so on and so forth. 
Oh. Yeah. Well, that's part WWE of Studios making making the movie studio to crank out the Marine Seven starring the Miz, just so that way he can have his guys in movies. That's WWE Studios, though. He has a movie studio. They had WWF New York in Times Square, which was like. A terrible idea from the beginning, and it wound up failing. And then what did it turn into after the fact? Turned into so you remember that WWF New York? Mm. It was like an arena in Times Square, not an arena, like a Dave and Buster's esque type of building in Times Square, where you could go watch the pay per views, and like there's a bar there, have food, play video games, whatever, all WWF themed. Oh really? If you go back and watch any of those old pay per views. Like, they would tune in. They would go, oh, at the interviews. They would have Jamie Noble interviewing drunk fans at the w- at WWE New York, dude. Really? That wound up being a failure. I think uh, financially a failure for them as well. I think I said this a uh, couple uh, last week or the week before when we, when we first broke it. But if they sell to Saudi Arabia, which I don't think that I – think, I think it seems like it's off the table at this point. But if they were to, oh, my God, the women's revolution – that they so badly forced down our fucking throats. Women only pay-per-view. And and I'm not saying I it kind of sounds like I came from a negative perspective on that. I think what they did with it is amazing. I think I mean, the talent's amazing. I think all of it, but to sh- that's a literally it's not even it, that's not even disrespectful. It's worse than disrespectful. To to counter like your point, the like earnestly from that time period, the women was what I was most interested in on most shows. 2013, not 14, 15, 16, like that time period. Most of the, like the most compelling stories, the better matches, the character work was the four or five of those girls. Yeah. Paige, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky. Right. So now to go and throw that all away and give it to a, a, a investment group associated with basically saying women have no rights. More and you already cut that deal with them to do Crown Jewel there, where first women weren't allowed, right? Yeah. And then eventually the women, I'm pretty sure they they might have said, like, hey, we're going to come back, but the women have to be on the card. Cool, the women can wrestle. They're in jumpsuits and, and size 2X t-shirts, dude. And then the, put a Snuggie from, over them. From the neck down covered in And the then ring, put a Snuggie dude. over them. They let, you cannot see an ankle. You can't see... A neck. It goes straight to their, their yeah, jawline. From their jawline, dude, unibody, jumpsuit all the way down. And then, and then t-shirts Like over. t-shirts that I would wear to bed on, on these women, yeah. dude. Monstrous Like t-shirts. smocks from fucking art class. Yeah, dude. Ridiculous looking. Not to mention, we talked about this privately already. Sami Zayn, who is Syrian by way of Canada. His parents, I'm pretty sure, refugees to Canada. That's how he wound up being Canadian and being born there in the first place. You got that. You got Finn Balor. You remember his first WrestleMania appearance? His first WrestleMania appearance on the main roster, obviously. What did he do? Did he do the demon? No. No, He did did Finn is for everyone. and And he came out with legit members of the whatever city they were in. I want to say Cincinnati, but I could be wrong. New Orleans. Legit members of the LGBTQ plus community on the stage with him wearing the shirt with his logo with the pride colors on it instead. So guys like that, dude, aren't all of the women, anyone who has a relationship to all of the women, all of the women on the roster, all the, all the, the rostered males that are married to these women, to those women, with yeah. women. Like, I think you'd have a serious and big whitey who obviously is not here to defend himself or speak for himself. So I don't want to, what he said to me, he's like, I think ultimately people would do business. And he's like, money talks at the end of the day. I'm like, I think there's a line, though. And maybe seven years ago, you're right. 
people are going to be willing to do business. Tony Khan's got money for people, dude. To two separate promotions he's running. Fucking Japan is got more. It feels like more Americans coming over that aren't Japan like, you know, raised. Right, right, right. Going over there and doing stints. AAA is doing plenty of work. Impact for I mean, lack of a TV deal, but Impact is doing good. Yeah, cool. There's plenty of places for these people to go work. So like, if you're telling me like it might be a difference of. 10, 15, even 25% pay cut to go work for Tony Khan or to go do go bet on yourself and go do what Cody did, I think most of these guys are going to be like, I want an automatic out. If you're going to sell to Saudi Arabia, give me an automatic out. No 90 days, I quit. That's my opinion on yeah. it. I'm not these guys. But I feel like it would be a bigger problem than it would be worth to well, sell Well, a lot of them. these guys, like you said, can make like, – they think this is the first time in a long can, time – you can make a living. Can I? I'm gonna. Just WWE. I'm gonna make my pick, and I'm not being um, into like. Uh, oh, we're doing picks. Make a pick for who who buys. Them. All right. And I'm not being uh, like unique, unique with my pick here. Endeavor. Owners of UFC. What is what what would skyrocket the value of ESPN Plus more than WWE Network being on there? Yeah, Endeavor's good. And then you got Brock, and then you got guys who can make the transition, and then it's weird. Well, I think Brock's past that point, but oh, just, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Bobby know. Lashley would probably get in there, and he's he was an undefeated he's an undefeated MMA fighter, I believe. He yes. was undefeated at one he point. He was he was the Bellator, Bellator heavyweight, heavyweight champion. champion. While he was he was the Bellator heavyweight champion and the TNA heavyweight champion at the same time. Right. <laughs> I think I think. Uh, I just don't know. And I, I, I want to say Endeavor would give it a good shot. I'm not 100% sure. You heard, because once you once you execute a sale or you say, hey, like we're going to do this and you start looking into it, you saw, right, that Fox is losing money every year by having SmackDown. Are they? Will they fucking sign them to a $5 billion contract? Every year Fox has lost money so far with SmackDown. They're getting close. This year was the closest they gotten. Still on Friday nights. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the issue. Part of the issue too is right before they got the Fox contract, they're like, "All right, we're gonna move SmackDown back to Thursday nights where it was originally." Can't. And they had it on Thursdays for a little bit, and they're like, "You know what? Just like Raw, SmackDown's gonna be live, and it's gonna be SmackDown live." Do you remember what nights they shoot SmackDown on? Was it Tuesday, Wednesday, right? Tuesday. Tuesday. So yeah, then, in twenty Monday, Tuesday, and they twenty yeah. So, like, 2015, they're like, we're doing SmackDown Live. And that's what they called it, SmackDown Live on Tuesday nights, live from wherever the fuck they're shooting. And then that wasn't doing great on top of, well, now con- TV contracts coming up with, uh, they were on Sci-Fi still at that point, no? Or was yeah. SmackDown moved to USA? Whichever one of those. TV contracts coming up. Fox is in line. Uh, we got to squeeze, you know, all the milk out of this as we can. So then they just moved it back to Fridays. Put it on Fridays for a lie, couple I, weeks, I, and I then they fucking... Smackdown. No, it's right. They uh, oh, yeah. they signed to Fox right after they moved it back. I was about to say, as far as SmackDown goes, the only time I've seen it recently is... And I'm not even lying. I've actually seen it in a couple bars, like early. like Isn't it like 8 o'clock? Mm-hmm. 8 yeah. to 10, So they'll yeah. throw it on, and then like once a game starts at like 8.30, it's off. So you... Shortly. Here's the thing. Friday, no bueno. Thursday... Why compete with football? Well, I mean, Monday. 
The only but reason why Monday is Raw is because no? it's always been Monday Night Raw. Well, I guess it doesn't go through Fox if it's international, right? I have no idea. I really don't know. But whatever. Uh, we'll keep, continue to update the story and monitor yeah. it as it comes. But it I'll... just seems like every day it's something else. And as a, as a fan who was all AEW when they, when they hit the scene and is very much turned back to WWE upon, Vin, upon Vince's exit, very much so turned back to WWE. If I had to watch one, I'd watch WWE. And that's just me. I still, I still, if I'm watching one show a week, it's still Dynamite. But they, since the birth of AEW, I pretty much, I mean, way past the birth of AEW, when Goldberg went over The Fiend in Saudi Arabia, ironically enough, is when I was, I canceled my network subscription that day. I was done. And then shortly after came the All In and then the birth of AEW after that. That, like, within the year of that happening. Yeah. So then I had a, an alternative, which was great. Now I'm definitely out. Over the course of the they just about had me going to Monday Night Raw before Monday Night Football every Monday. Just about had me doing it every week. Mm-hmm. And then the Vince shit started up again. And another thing that pissed me off, and we I think we talked about this on air last week, on Thursday maybe, Bronson Reed. We talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. Bronson Reed goes, goes, they caught him in the budget cuts. He goes, reinvents himself kind of, goes to Japan, goes over fucking Okada in the G1, and then he comes back and he's Miz's lackey, and that shit pissed me off too. So, like, but that's kind of just the way Vince books. One more thing unrelated to the sale wrestling-wise, and this is what I was talking about when you were talking about Pop before we started. Oh. Did you watch it on Monday night? I didn't, but no, do you know what they did on Monday night? Played a little vignette of Cody Rhodes yeah. announcing his return to the Royal Rumble. Why on earth? The minute he blew out his peck, we all said eight months. Seven months from now is the Royal Rumble. If he recovers like we think he will, and he's probably you know doing whatever he can to recover. He's been at the Performance Center since December 1st. And he handpicked uh, Hayes and that other guy to, to work with him. Oh, really? Carmel Hayes and someone else. Top dollar? Or is that the stable? I think it was, the, it was two younger guys that he handpicked. Whatever, yeah, besides okay. the point. We all looked at this injury in this timetable when it happened. Seven months from now is the Royal Rumble. Seems like the perfect opportunity for Cody to come back in, into the Rumble at any point, 30, right? And leave it at that. Just, he's coming back at the Rumble. We don't say anything. He fucking, you just, they're breaking WrestleMania gate tickets for WrestleMania in LA this year, right? They've already broken ticket records, gate records. Mm -hmm. They haven't announced a single match. You think you need to announce Cody Rhodes two weeks before the Rumble to get more asses in seats, to get more people on the network? You're not worried about pay-per-view buys because everyone already has the network. So fucking, we're not worried about selling that on the show because I got news for you. Anyone who might buy Peacock to watch the Royal Rumble probably wasn't watching Raw last night. So to me, you blew a huge return pop at the Rumble for what? Last night on Raw. That sucks. Yeah. Dude, it's so easy. It's so easy, right? To say he's out seven months. The Royal Rumble's seven months away. Give you another one. Logan Paul. MCL sprain. He's out He's out four months. Four months is WrestleMania. All right, good. We got Paul for WrestleMania. We got Logan Paul for WrestleMania. You don't need to announce it. We know we have Logan Paul for WrestleMania. There's no way, in my opinion, he doesn't wrestle at WrestleMania if he's healthy. There's no way he's too big of a draw, but you got to leave it alone. And you got to have at least one or two 
pops in the Rumble or this thing isn't even worth it. So if they're announcing Cody Rhodes... They did. They did it last night. If they're doing that as a return, then they better have two ready. They better... Then then, Jay White better show up because you're going to need two pops. And they blew one. Edge was a great pop. Isn't Osprey's contract expiring soon, too? He'll never come. I don't think he will. Never. All right. Anything else on WWE? No, that's it. Other, I wanted to touch up on fight stuff, and I'm glad Brian showed up before we got to this. I'm glad we delayed the start so that way Brian would be here. We didn't talk on air yet, but we did talk off air about how they just announced March 4th main event, John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. Stipe has already tweeted it and said he wants the winner in July. Great. Good for you, Stipe. You're right. John Jones fighting twice in six months. Brian, yeah, no chance. <laughs> Brian, did you see? Well, this It's going to be fucking almost 10 years to the day of when he said, next year I'm going heavyweight. Also, they announced today, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Edwards Usman in March. Edwards Usman 3. March and, 4th, uh, right? 18th. March 18th in London. In London. And then the uh, co-main on that is... um is In London. Co-main is Gagey and uh, Raphael. Yeah. I might say his last name wrong, but I'm assuming it's by Zev. Yeah. He's um, the guy that challenged... Uh, uh, what the... You got Martin Vittori. Uh, Hasbula. That's the guy that won and challenged Hasbula in the really. post-fight. Marvin Vittori is like, what, do you, what are you before you're a gatekeeper? A journeyman? It's not quite... It's like between journeyman and gatekeeper. Like, he's a gatekeeper a in training, dude. Mm. He's nah, he's passed. He's he's already fought for the title and lost twice. Yeah, though. I guess that's true. He's like a gatekeeper in training. He's two, three, four fights away from being a gatekeeper. He's uh, Gustafson, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't hate that. Did you see what Shab said about the Jones gone fight? I was gonna say let's go back to Sean Jones. No, I didn't. Shab, he showed me the video. It had to have been on the Shab show, right? I'd imagine. Uh, it was a clip. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. He doesn't really talk UFC outside of that show, so. Mm-hmm. Shop show talking about the fight got announced right away. John Jones opens a plus one hundred on the money line. Shop really? said, "Shop said I'm racing, cannot get out of the studio fast enough to go put my entire life savings on John Jones." It's like I'm if you, if you think Francis yeah. Ngannou on one leg was able to do to Gon what he did for five rounds, what do you think John's gonna do? Is word for word what Shop said. I think he has no chance. And, I, yeah. I, I don't think he has no chance, but yeah. So I, think, uh, I, I, I I'm a, I'm a huge, huge Shell Simon fan. Huge Shell Simon. Yeah, I like Shell Simon. And I listen to his his uh I don't want to say podcast because I listen to basically like the snippets of it from right. the where he just does like his hot takes. Um, yeah. you ever see the coffee? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he talked about John Jones and this game the Serogon and the the whole thing. He said there's little little to no chance at all that he can even even Threaten Jones. He said, if Jones is anything... Like he was. Anything. Half of the man he was at light heavyweight, he's going to run through him. I think he's going to run through the division real quick. Do two years. I think him and Stipe is going to be fantastic. Might go down as the, the, the... I won't say... I don't know. I will say it's the highest selling fight. Obviously, we haven't seen the man fight at heavyweight. I just think John Jones is too quick for Stipe. Yeah, I feel the same way. I just, way. Think, I just think Jones doesn't matter. I That's going to sell the most tickets in oh, UFC history. Don't get me wrong, I want to watch it for sure, but I just besides don't think, a Conor fight, I just don't think Stipe. Uh, maybe Torres ACL during the Nagano fight. Um, yeah, that's not the granted. That I was left. like two, <laughs> that was two years ago, but you are a heavyweight. You do have to move against Jones. Um, you know, I 
Here's the thing. Here, the the real thing is, is like, and we always talk about this, like ring rust for like lack of a better term. Like, and everyone thought like at first Connor came back and he was like, oh, he's messing everyone up. But as things kind of went on, you did kind of see that he's taking a step back. I don't know if Jones is going to be the same deal, just because I felt like Connor was very good. He had his run. He fucked people up. Don't get me wrong, but what Jones was doing to people. Like even at a younger age was so remarkable. Like UFC legends, like standing guillotine choking over uh, the cheetah. While he was while he was on cocaine, you could add that part to it too. Yeah, while he was on if cocaine, you want shit like that. But but yeah, like he was. No, dude, fuck that. When when we talk, who's the greatest defensive football player of all time? Lawrence Taylor. Okay, and what's what does everyone talk about when they talk about Lawrence Taylor? Drugs. No one talks about how great his outside rip was, dude. <laughs> And his fucking swim-to-speed counter move was. No one talks about that. People talk about how teams used to send hookers and drugs to his hotel room the night before the game. And he'd do all of that, stay up till 4 in the morning, have a 105 kickoff, and murder people, dude. Ruin tackles. He made left tackles the second-highest-paid player on the field. Dude, there are. <laughs> dude, there are. So my point is, yes, you can fucking make that argument when you're talking there about There are Joe elite Jones. athletes, and then there's the athletes that do coke. That's the that's the thing. Well, there's athletes that do coke, my guy, that aren't great. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's the elite athletes that do coke. There you go. There's the elite athletes, and there's the elite athletes that do coke. Uh, that is just different. Something I had just popped up that I was going to say. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. They, they... So, and again, I'm not going to take credit for this. Uh, Chael Sonnen said it. That the difference between featherweight and lightweight is 10 pounds. So when you weight cut, you're you're crossing those thresholds. So if you stand walking around 165, you're fighting at 145. Mm-hmm. But So you're crossing the threshold. So when you say, all right, I'm going to move up and wait from featherweight to lightweight, you are 165. Nothing changes but the weight cut. You're just cutting a little less weight. You're getting down to 155, which probably is your ideal weight where you're not like dehydrated and struggling to get down to yeah, that like 145. Right. 145. Right. Yeah. So you're you so you're right. Like that's your that's ideal, right? Okay. Reverse it now. Or not not even reverse it, but uh There's no cap essentially. Uh magnify it. No. There is a huge gap between No, it's a cap. No There right. is a cap. There is a cap, but, yeah. but he'll never hit the cap. Yeah. Right. But there's a huge gap between light heavyweight and heavyweight. Just in and of itself is... 15 pounds. Uh, is it 225 heavyweight? 225 so heavyweight. it's 20 pounds. Right. Yeah. Just in and of itself. No heavyweight has to... Like, ha- gets the limit. You don't have to cut down to 225. It's not 225. If you're 226, you can't fight. Right. No, he- no heavyweight dehydrates themselves down to 225. Okay, so now Jones... Walks around, let's just say, at 220, 225, let's just say, to fight at 205, right? Mm-hmm. He now has to get in shape and cut down. He, now, before he enters this fight camp, he's got to be at like 250. Yeah, he's been bulking. 255. Yeah. And then cut down to 235, 240, whatever he feels comfortable being able to handle these heavyweights. I mean, different sport, totally different scenarios. Tyson Fury drastically affects his weight by who he's fighting and the strategy he's using. Mm-hmm. That second fight against Tyre, uh, against um, Fury. De- Deontay Wilder. Oh, uh, yeah. Wilder, he, you're talking yeah. about Fury. He I... came in way heavier than the first one. Purposely, because he was ready to stand and bang with him, and he chose that as his 
kind of motivating factor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the one that lasted like fucking two rounds. You know what I mean? So it's all strategy. So yeah, for him to be like able to compete, John Jones, you see what he looked like now, right? He's huge. He looks yeah, like a fucking monster. Yeah. And you know, I'm excited. I'll I'm watch excited. it. I'm definitely gonna watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like out of my mind. I'll watch it. Definitely gonna watch it. And for for uh, uh Cyril Gain, he can become I don't want to say a megastar because whatever, but the first person to beat John Jones in any weight class, like legitimately beat him, not win on a formality because you were getting your ass kicked by too much, yeah, like really beat him, uh, you know, shoot right right up the ranks, superstar potential, like you know, like they're gonna they're gonna push that, you know, give me your fighter who you think has the best chance to beat John Jones right now, the best chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They don't exist, dude. I got one. Go ahead. Currently, Let's hear it. I got, I got, I get in Curtis Blades is the best chance. See, the fact that you guys didn't say no right away means I was gonna say I just don't know, but you didn't give me that extra second to start. No, you got to go I right just away. don't know. The only guy who ever, ever, ever in theory had a chance was DC. Right, and that's one of the greatest of all Listen, time. I love DC. DC was the third closest to beating him. Gustafson? Gustafson was closer and Dominic Reyes was closer. I was about to say Dominic Reyes was pretty close too. Yes. So for all the all that DC was and but everything that he is. Mind, Dominic Reyes doesn't fight like Curtis Blades. So if you, he's going to wrestle and Jones can wrestle. That's where his base is. No, I was thinking reverse because John Jones, at the older he gets, the less he attacks. The more he uses counter strikes and things of that nature. Yeah, Curtis played the reach there is still just takedown defense. That's all I'm thinking about. Because at the heavyweight division, John Jones is gonna take these boys down and just play with his play with right. the food. So I was trying to think specifically big boys because I mean I think if we're gonna meet in the middle back at two oh five Pareto. No, he doesn't go back down ever. Right, so heavyweight wise, no one. I don't think there's. I don't, I don't think, think that guy is contracted right now. He would wipe Pareda, dude. He would. Wi- he would finish Pareda in one round. I'm not saying I disagree. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying. God, when you got the power of God in your right hand, you could be fucking I, levels beneath listen, someone. After I saw, I think they fight again. Izzy fucking wipe walks him down. After I saw Asanya take his back, John Jones. Yeah. You put John Jones, yeah. not heavyweight John Jones. You put light heavyweight John Jones. In that same position as Adesanya, and he's asleep, dude. He's playing with his food. He's dude. asleep. He's going yeah. to. He's going night night. I'm th- I'm screaming at the TV like telling Adesanya what to do. Like <laughs> hook your leg. What are you doing? Like a guy like John Jones, it's fucking over. DC, same thing. I know not now, but I'm saying when DC fought light heavyweight, DC would destroy Pereira. Yeah, 100%. Destroy he would just him. wrestle the shit out of him. Destroy- yeah. He'd be over in one round. He'd crucifix him like we saw in Boston, and it would be a fucking beatdown. It of, would be uh, like when he versus Derek Lewis. That's why I yeah. think and he was just like, all right. Derek Lewis has... I'm in the Olympics again. Derek and Lewis... we're just going to toss you around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Imagine being a heavyweight. Imagine being Derek Lewis, like a heavyweight like Derek Lewis, where you're like, all right, cool. I'm officially capped <laughs> because I can never fight for a world title now, ever. And I can't get down to light heavyweight. So this is it for me. Just give me somebody who wants to bang and pay me as much as you can, and that's all I can do. Because I can quick. never fight John Jones because I will literally die. Yeah. I'll die. 
Give me all the fucking sevens and nines on their way up. That's what I'm right. saying. They got to get through Talk me. Talk about gatekeepers. He's You're forever a gatekeeper. Real quick, because I smoke someone. You're forever a gatekeeper. You can never. He's already ever. been. He's okay with that though. He's already been gatekeeper. Yeah, Someone's got to be the gatekeeper. In every division. Yeah, dude. There's got to be a Jorge Masvidal for every. So division. I'll just say this, and then uh, we can move on. I, um, I think we touched on it last week, but with the whole thing with Sterling, uh, sucks because. The bantamweight division is one of those things. Bantamweight and flyweight are one of those things that you have to work extra hard in to get notoriety and to get the the fans like very invested into it because the guys are smaller in weight, sometimes smaller than the average male. Well, I guess we could say that, right? Skinnier than the average male. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound crazy to say, right? One thirty-five. No, it's a small man. Yeah, yeah it's a small man. Uh, 135 so, pounds is a small man. Yeah, dude. So it's very hard, and UFC's done a pretty poor job in investing into these characters and, and the and the promotion. Even They had Mighty Mouse. They had Mighty Mouse, and they blew it. Mighty Mouse should have been yeah. on every billboard. Nah, I don't think it's fair to say they blew it. They blew it. They, they were, traded him. They dude. traded him for Ben Askren, who was a draw for the three fights he fought. Everyone, he's become a meme because of the, not, the Masvidal flying knee. And the fucking Jake Paul fight, which he had no business being in that fight to begin with. But he said, I'll do it. No one wants to do it. I'll do it. I'll take the money. And he fucking went in, you know, might have leaned into one and might have gotten paid. Who cares? Before Ben Askren, he came came over to UFC. Was it, was it right after he retired or before he started fighting? He had double hip replacement. What do you mean? Ben Askren. Right when he retired. It was right when he retired from UFC. Yeah. His hips were fucking shot, dude. Yeah. He was never a super exciting fighter to begin with, but if you're into wrestling, go back and watch his belt. Dude, no one in Bellator. No, I, he would just completely dehumanize a man in the octagon. I get all that. That was a good trade. Ben Askren, we were talking about Ben Askren way more for the duration of three fights than anyone outside of maybe someone as deep as the three of us or deeper. Whatever talk about Mighty Mouse, dude. But do you see that's Go my problem? Fucking ask Nick if he knows what Mighty Mouse's name is. But that's my problem. That's exactly you're bringing my point. You should have never. When ever I think of Mighty Mouse, I think of one of his last three fights. Fucking five round split draws, split decisions. Weren't they? Weren't his last three fights uh, a split are you decision? About in UFC yes, 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 yes. No, last two. And who were they with? Was it um, Cejudo? Right, right. Uh, a bona fide superstar who the UFC didn't push, and then he right. had to retire. We saw the same thing happen with Ty Woodley. He had three fights that were stagnant or boring or didn't no, get the right result. You never got a, you never got a boring Mighty Mouse fight. You might have had split decisions, but they were never boring. Fact of the matter is, the fact this is my opinion, totally my opinion. The fact that they even entertained a trade. For a guy who should have been viewed as a top star, I'm not saying forget the trade, whether it was a good trade or a bad trade, forget it. You never, you don't look to make that trade. That's not a trade that you look to make. You had a guy in his prime. It's not like you traded fucking Albert Pujols away at 45 years old. Man was in his prime in better than everybody before they decided to move up weight classes. They never let him move up to 135 when he probably could have. Him versus Aldo at 135? In their primes, no one wanted right. to see that because they need, yeah, because they needed someone to carry to justify the one twenty five. No, I get it, but now it's all good. So one thirty five now, right now one twenty five. Well, one twenty five. Right? Yeah. yeah, now it's all good, right? So what I'm saying is, you, you, now what I mean is it's all good. It's now, now stars move up all the time, right? Yeah. When Mighty Mouse left, nobody was jumping weight classes. Really, it, it, this is a new thing—the jumping of the weight yeah. classes, right? So my 
I can't believe they can't get it right with 125 and 135. They ran the same 125 fights back over and over and over again. And what I'm saying with the 135 division is, yeah, you got Aljo. You got uh, Cheeto, Cheeto. You got uh, O'Malley. O'Malley. You got Dillashaw, which is now he's gone, right? But o- O'Malley, right? And now the division is held up again. It happened again. Well, that's not the UFC's fault. That's but Aljo's UFC's fault. got to make a decision now. They were supposed to fight in March. They now this guy make, needs bicep surgery? They should probably make him vacate the belt. You know what I mean? Belt. Peter Yan. Totally missed that. Peter Yan. What do we do all this for? Vacate what do we belt. line Peter Yan up with O'Malley to jump? So O'Malley gets over him. Okay, now he's the number one contender. Now we have to I hold pause. I feel like that fight is close enough to make Aljo vacate that, ti- that title and have Yan and O'Malley fight for an interim. That fight was close enough. Have, have, have Cheeto and... And O'Malley fight for the interim. Or do that. You know what I mean? Whatever. Cheeto beat O'Malley. Yeah. That's so true. run that back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's like, it frustrates the shit out of me because it's like the inability to get the smaller divisions right when finally you have characters, which I'm saying like O'Malley is a fucking character. Whatever, however you put it, that man is just a star. The man sells pay-per-view tickets. Man has probably, probably makes more money off out of the octagon than he does inside of it. I think that's fair to say, yeah, right? More than likely. So... You got a star. You got a young budding star, and now you're like, well, we'll we'll bring Cejudo back, who I guess didn't sell pay per views because we wouldn't give him a goddamn dollar, right? Yeah. And then we'll hold up the division with Sterling, and we'll wait nine months. That's all I'm saying. I think the way they handle these smaller divisions is kind of criminal. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, the fight was supposed to be Cejudo and Sterling in March. That's what it was supposed to be. Bicep surgery. You. Figure six, nine eight, months, six, six, nine months, yeah. Yeah, so the end of the year, basically. Uh, we can't do that, people. You can't have O'Malley in the fucking prime of his career, in the prime of his limelight. Losing a whole year. What are we doing? We yeah. saw what happened when Connor, when you sleep, and you just let, like, you fight once every two years. You and saw we it. can't just not have the, we can't have, not have the belt. We can't not have the belt around. You can't, Dana, you can't have, especially these smaller divisions. Dana has realized this problem over, like, the last ten months, that we're not doing this fucking interim shit anymore. UFC is kind of just starting getting back into their new year, essentially. They had, like, you know, the pay-per-views this weekend. And obviously everything was going on with Dana White and stuff like that. Yeah, so. But it's just. Things will. It's just weird to me. The, I bet you by the summer once. Was that once, a pay-per-view on Saturday? Or there's one this Saturday? No, but yeah. it's, you know, it's the first of the year. They know they're competing with NFL playoffs. That was just, Sean Strickland last week. Yeah. Gotcha. He hopped in at the last second. Here's the only other thing I wanted to say, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but. When they traded Demetrius Johnson, wasn't he like one fight left on the deal and like negotiation issue going on there? Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, so like, going you're gonna let him walk away for nothing, or are you gonna get a guy who is are you one of the at the time one of the best, biggest? What if they fucking went over? What if we got to see him go fight? No, I get it. You know, I get you it. take that fucking stab. I get it, but I'm just saying from a perspective of we don't know what the money the money he was asking for. But we do know the demands he had. He wanted to move up to 135. He wanted to fight for a 135 belt, and it just—it was like it was like it wasn't that wasn't even an option. And they were like, "Well, we're just trying to keep the 125 together. We're just trying to hold it all down and keep the division alive." There were talks back then that they were going to close the division up, right? They were. I think they were. I, I could be wrong, but I think they were re- really actually thinking, considering closing the division. Does and 125 even still exist? You just fucking proved my point, my guy. Yeah. Isn't it fucking 
There's not much there. It's Moreno versus Figueroa every right. every fucking right. Yeah. Right. Every, every five fight. Yeah. Every five months. That's we why we're back. running it back for for the fourth time. Right. What are we doing here? Fucking Jesus You know who's Christ, still dude. in his fucking prime? Moreno Figueroa. Who is still in his prime? O'Malley. At one twenty five. Demetrius Johnson. Oh, I mean, oh, I guess. He's still at one. He's still he's the one champion. He's still fighting in his prime at 125. What are we doing, people? Where's Ben Askren? Getting knocked out by a YouTube star. Let's move on. Let's just move on. All right, let's move on. Any other nothing football related to speak of? I didn't really. Uh, RJ Barrett's dunk last night was lit. Didn't End of story. <laughs> John Morant's been randomly drug tested six times so far this season. He walked into the facility today and got another one. Nice. Yeah, after his, he had a monstrous slam last night. Barrett went coast to coast with four seconds left, like four four and change left. Grabbed the rebound, down two, coast to coast, and yammed it on Scotty Barnes. Really? At .04 left to send it into overtime. Jesus. Yammed it on him, dude. That's like, awesome. And Scotty Barnes was like, what the fuck just happened? Man's cousin was at that game yesterday. Really? Yeah. And then Toronto awesome. won, and Scotty Barnes Pointed at Grimes, kept tapping him and going, "You ain't him. You ain't him." So there you go. Because he missed the game-winning three. Jeez. Grimes. It was a good game. Well, really Qu- good. Quentin Grimes is in fact not him. Well, I mean, you know. Speaking of him, are we done with non-sports related? I mean, not not football related. Yeah, yeah. 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 Speaking of him, the Giants have this really uh, cool thing. I have right? cool stuff for the Giants. Too. All right, good because we're here. So the Giants have this really cool thing. Better be three hundred million. You saw the hat? The hat. Because if you didn't see the hat, you, no, it's a hat. major injustice. They have a tremendous fucking fitted. Oh, is it like the Brian Robinson? Yeah, Brian Robinson exactly what it is. Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is it a Giants one? Yeah, in okay. Giants colors. Instead of the Giants logo on the front, it just says him in capital letters. Who was wearing that hat? Do we know? During the... Yeah. Uh, Fuck, I gotta see if I can bring it up. Isn't that That's the locker room, crazy. Isaiah Hodgins, number 18's locker room Lose video? It. Losing it, dude. Locker room video he posted. They're all fucking freaking out in the locker room. Number 18 is and losing this, it. This one guy, just he's got the, the huge him hat on. Amazing, dude. Pulls it over his face. I got to tell you, it's nice to have the Giants in the playoffs. It's even nicer to have them win. Honestly, I woke up Sunday and I was like, man, I'm, I'm feeling something today. I was like, I'm fucking feeling win-lose. Doesn't matter. We're fucking here. And winning was the best thing that could have possibly happened. Daniel Jones looks great. We have to pay the man. I was convinced during the, the Commanders game. And I'm even more convinced now. Um, what I was going to pull up, kind of while we're talking about Daniel Jones, they, they one of the guys on Twitter, um, pull it up real quick. This is from, uh, oh, I had it up and now it's gone. Oh, this is from Nate Tice. I'm not sure who, if he's affiliated with anyone. Oh, The Athletic. He put up a um a chart of all Daniel Jones passes. Interesting stuff here. Wait, let me see. He didn't throw a pass much farther than 20 yards. All the greens are the completes and the blue streams are the two touchdowns. That's how far all of his passes went. Add in the two rushing touchdowns he had, right? Or one? One rushing, right? One rushing touchdown. We had one that got called back. So, Did he ever actually get in that counted? Oh, I don't know, but got So either way, um, yeah. See, that shit's great. <laughs> I, okay, but but now you gotta pay the man, right? Now you gotta. Now you have to have two hundred and fifty million for this guy. 
The problem, the thing that scares me with paying him is do we get Barkley as well? Does Barkley, you know, do they both take a break? And I, part of me is hopeful that they'll both kind of take a break or kind of be a little bit lackadaisical in negotiations because I think Jones and Barkley know, like, they are they are the face of literally the faces of the franchise right now. In addition with um with Lawrence, mm-hmm. you know, if he winds up staying as well, you know, those are the three guys essentially right now. And Barkley said before, you know, he's from New York, you know, for a little bit. He grew up in Pennsylvania, but he wants to stay here. It seems like he wants to be in the Giants. Grew up a Jets fan. Yeah, grew up a Jets fan. I just, I don't know. I, I, it feels like things may work out in the season contract-wise. I don't know about Lawrence. That's the thing that makes me nervous because I think they're going to want to. They'll do whatever it takes Jones is going to be signed no matter what. I think they have I, to I think it. it's ob- I think they'll do whatever it if, takes to get that. If you lock up Daniel so, Jones, yeah. if you lock up Daniel Jones and you can only have one of the two, it's got to be, be Lawrence. Lawrence, dude. Has to be. It's got to be Lawrence. Just like Quinn Williams said he wants, they, they think he wants north of $21 million a year. He's worth every fucking penny, dude. Dude, that guy. If Dexter Lawrence wanted $25 million a year, he'd be worth every single He controls dollar. the game. I mean, he completely controls the game. Daniel Jones. Okay, so he's the first quarterback ever in the history of football at playoffs ever. 300 passing yards, 70 rushing yards. Yeah. No interceptions. No interceptions. Every single play that not every single play, but there were plays in that game where I was like, the, "We will." We said it. The old Daniel Jones would have turned that ball over. That's a strip sack two years ago, and it's not even close. Yeah. This time, the clock is just faster. He understands it. I mean, he even threw one away when he was like, "Nope, not it." Through the back of the end he zone. Was like, that was like it. that was when we were like, Daniel Jones two years ago tries to force that one in and throws it in." And right there and then, I'm like, "Oh, we we're winning this game because he understands it." And that's it. Dude, Barkley carried the ball like six times or eight times. Uh, I'll pull it up. I think it was six or eight times. That's it. Tell you this. You were talking a lot of shit about this guy, I believe, on the podcast and then even into Sunday. Um, Nine times. Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson was in coverage on Justin Jefferson for 85% of the coverage snaps. And during that snap share, I believe it was... Like three catches for thirty yards or something like that. I mean, he had uh, well, total overall, he had seven for forty-seven, which is is a great fucking fucking Justin Jefferson. I mean, geez. To be like, fair, the first drive, amazing. Jefferson had four of his catches. Yeah, but, and I was like, Adore Jackson. <laughs> like, better wake up. They kid. were talking about it on. Um, it's happening. Life's coming at you fast. They were talking about it on around the NFL, and I di- I didn't really look too much into it because I was just so enamored in the game itself. But it seemed like from what they were saying, they were stacking the zones a lot. So it was, all right, you got past the first guy. We're always going to have a second one. Yeah. Like, Jefferson. no matter they what. Bracketed yeah, they bracketed them. Yeah, they had them. They had them exactly loose bracketed. Yep. Yeah. So like, here's the thing. And everyone, I heard, I did hear on the radio today that, oh, Daniel Jones, you know, he had 17 rushes for and 78 yards. But he had 17, you know, he had 17 rushing attempts. Like, you know, you can't withstand that. Those were not scrambling because the offensive line wasn't holding up and trying to make a play. I right. mean, a couple of them were. So a lot of design so runs. A lot of design. Yeah. A lot of design yeah. runs. A lot of design. A lot of design power and quarterback rap and shit. Like, so if it, that's the game plan, and we're gonna fully utilize this dude to his full ability, especially in the playoffs, let's fucking go. Quite honestly, what are we doing they here? might have to next week because it's Darius Slay. Like, and he is he on Hodgins? Well, I mean, or is he on Slayton? Galladay, like, you know Galladay. Galladay fucking got him last week, uh, you know, week 18 Yeah. with but... Davis Webb. So I'm not saying I'm not saying target him, but I'm saying I'm not afraid of him. 
What I'm saying though is, is, is it another game where Daniel Jones runs for another, you know, seventy yards or just because we? Pro- have to I now. think probably. Like, yeah, I think probably if they get it done, it's got a game where they've got to run the football and keep Jalen Hurts off the field. I just exactly. for sure. Yeah. I just, I. Here's my thing with the you're gonna get hurt and you can't win with running quarterbacks and all this shit. People always want to point to RG three. People want to point to Lamar over the course of the last two seasons. People want to point to um. Kyler, who I do point to the fact that Kyler breaks down a lot, but people talk about running quarterbacks. You can't win with them. You can't. They're gonna get a hurt. Uh, name one that's won. First of all, Russell Wilson. Second <laughs> of all, you. Who else is one of the top three running quarterbacks in the league? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And how many games has Josh Allen missed? Not a lot. Like there are guys who run the ball. Who was another guy who ran a lot? Who got a lot of shit for it when he ran because people I personally didn't never thought he was that accurate. Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick never got hurt when he was running around. Some guys do, some guys don't. It's got nothing. When people this is I don't want to hijack the Giants, so we're gonna be quick about it. But something that's been pissing me off lately with the Jets, with the topic of conversation of quarterbacks, I hear all of these guys a lot don't wanna point anyone out here, but a lot of older heads in my life, nah. Don't go get Lamar Jackson. He's going to get hurt. Running quarterbacks don't stay healthy. It's not a good way to win. But then we want to turn around and suggest that Jimmy G is an option. When Jimmy G has played in one, not a running quarterback, right? Doesn't give you all of that explosiveness. No. Hasn't won an NFL MVP. Doesn't Isn't a quarterback the defense has to nightmare about all week, right? Has played an entire NFL season exactly one time. One time in his career. So what are we talking about with the, oh, he might get hurt? I don't give a fuck. We haven't had a quarterback in 53 years. A real legitimate quarterback. The last guy that we took as our own and kind of had a shot with was Chad, and that's 23 years ago. So I don't give a fuck if he might get hurt. If you have a chance to go ship off two ones plus some and pay Lamar 250 to bring him here, you do it. Go on. I don't want to hijack the Giants. All right, so was, I, just I, with the you got me on it with the that, he might get hurt. The there. problem is now now the giant segments are becoming absolutely like just all over the place. Just pulling because I'm just going off of like things that I, I remember now. You know what I mean? Because I'm excited. I'm an excited fan. So beginning of the year, I've talked. We talked about this every single week. I'm pretty sure you can track it all the way to the beginning of the first episode this year. Um, no expectation. No expectation. No expectation. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. Surprised. God. Then last week it's like, let's do it. Like let's just fucking win this game yeah. now. Now we're here. Now we're here. And I said to myself, I'm like, if they get into the playoffs, that would be our, that would be amazing. The beginning of the year, I couldn't even fathom they make the playoffs. Couldn't even fathom them winning a game. Do you want a stat? And I mean, I might have to be fact checked on this, but I'm pretty sure. Go ahead. Right. I do not believe any one team has ever beaten another one team three times in one year in the NFL. I don't believe Eagles are 2-0 on the Giants this year. And that's what I'm saying. And I think now I'm like... Now Sounds I'm, fucking silly, but these are things New Yorkers hang on to, dude. Yeah. And now Some I'm guy like, will be half drunk in the bar yelling that Saturday night. Dude, don't tell me. Don't tell me the Giants can't win this game. I'm not saying they will. Don't tell me they can't. Don't tell me. Oh, from the start, from the minute this field opened up, even before when the Giants locked themselves in with the win over the Colts, and we pretty much knew what the field was going to be 
you know, Sands, Seahawks, Lions, or Packers. I said then. I said it after the game. I still say it now. There's only one team in the NFC playoff field I do not think the Giants have a chance against, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. So if you can go in and take care of business in, in fucking Lincoln Financial and you get some help from – I – I'd love to see the Cowboys as a Giants fan in the NFC Championship game. Absolutely. Are you fucking joking me, dude? <laughs> Absolutely. We're going, to, we're going to the bowl then, dude. dude. <laughs> if the Giants win, we're all got to be huge Cowboys fans on Sunday. Yeah. Because then the Giants are going to the Super Bowl. I know this is going to sound fucking crazy. I know it's going to sound crazy. If they get to the Super Bowl, it's enough for me. Because that's, like, that's, that's it. That's it. Like, I don't need. Anyway, here's, here's, here's what I have to say. And I heard this today. I'm giving it to Boomer. I'm giving it to Geo. I didn't come up with this. I didn't think of this. But I think this is fascinating shit. Jets, Mark Sanchez. They win a playoff game, right? Right. The first one that they won. Right. Rex Ryan says after the game, they ask him how his quarterback played. Uh, Rex Ryan's like a – you call him Como players coach, right? Yeah. Wear your heart on your sleeve yeah, type definitely. guy. And he screams and he says, "That's our guy. He's our he's our guy. He's the franchise. He's the franchise. Coins it becomes a huge thing, and obviously whatever." Well, franchise was on the back back page of the uh, New York uh, Post I'm, on the day after I'm the draft. I'm just saying. I'm but... just saying. Now your head coach is saying it, and 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 you know whatever. Daniel Jones plays a great game. Yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Brian Dable goes, "Yeah, he played well. Uh, everybody played well." It's more than just him. Is Everybody good? played well. Good. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. He's our. You know. He's our guy. He knows what he brings to the table. Uh, we gotta. We gotta get to work. And there's no. And he said he's crowned. good. Yeah. He said, and I'm very proud of him. Yep. That was it. That was. There's the no goal. crowning him. Nope. There's no. There's no. You know. He's the guy. He's gonna be a giant for the next decade. It's just he played good, and we're moving on. And we did. What, he's gotta play good for th- three more games. Right. One of the guys on the Giants, can't remember his name right now, was on live on the plane after, and Jones and Barkley are watching film on the plane going home. They're like, literally watching film. Nah, they're they're locked. Like they're. I mean, dude, I'm telling you. And I told you this somewhere in the middle of the season, and this is not a shot of the Jets because I think a lot of teams are like the Jets, and I'm not saying we're like special, but um, settled, take, take it easy. No, I'm saying it's not a shot. Take, take it easy. But dude. I said a lot of like a lot of the Jets internal struggle this year was like ego and there was a bunch of like elijah moore i want the ball i want the ball i'll give you the best example and then we could stop this giant talk right now prove my point 100 just hit my head elijah moore i want the ball i want the ball i want the ball i don't understand why i'm not getting the ball kenny galladay doesn't play at all <laughs> and then lays a monster game. fucking block yeah. in the game and these guys almost dogpile him on the sidelines and they're like that's it and he's like i know my job i'm in the game my assignment was to run block. I'm gonna pancake the the cornerback. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was tre- sick, honestly. tremendous. And that and you do not once all year. Seriously, maybe like week one or two, you heard about Galladay like ah, you know, I want a bigger role. And then it hit a certain point, and it was just like nothing. He was like, "Bet I'm here. I'm getting paid. I'm gonna work." And Dable said he's continued to work. He hasn't. You know what I mean? Dude, that's fantastic. That's the difference between a well-coached team and a team that's kind of just in flux. And I'm not saying the Jets are in flux. I'm just saying there are plenty of teams who have done that, and, and it's like a me, 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 but go ahead. One, you already said it. Kenny Galladay has already been what? What What did the Giants do to Kenny Galladay? 
paid. Kenny Galloway's already been paid. Paid. Elijah Moore has not been paid. Second round pick. I mean, you know, second round pick. It. It's not fucking funny money, but you only have so many earning years in the league, especially as a wide receiver, mm-hmm. to get paid and to make money for your family and ensure yourself that no matter what happens, if I go down tomorrow and can never play again, my fucking fa- kids are set, my parents are set, my in-laws are set, everyone's set. I would. I don't know what second round picks make, but I guarantee you his contract somewhere around ten million, if that total. After taxes, after paying your fucking agent, the four million that you're left with isn't setting anybody up. It's not even setting yourself up, probably. Okay, I, I right? Mean, if he's never gonna play again after the contract, four million dollars. If you invest it right, you can set yourself up. But that money itself, arguably, is it's definitely not setting anyone but yourself up. Yeah. Right. So that's one, two. You're going to get paid. What do you need to do as a wide receiver to get paid in the NFL? Catch balls. Catch the ball. So we don't know what's going on in practice, but all we've seen from this sample of the Jets' year, Joe Flacco's in the game. I, he finds me. I get the ball. Mike White's in the game. He finds me. I get the ball. Zach Wilson's in the game, the guy who's supposed to be the already crowned, unquestioned guy, and he can't find me, and if he does find me, the ball's three yards in front of me on the ground. I love this. This is a good. This is good. This is, yeah. Here's my counter. Galladay caught balls. That's why he got paid. But a hundred percent. And then like, he showed up and sucked, and we blamed that, it on coaching. And, and that's, then that's, all, and that's coach, fine. Yeah. That's, but he did it. He put up yeah. Calvin Johnson numbers for quite. He did. You can compare him. He did. He put up Calvin Johnson like numbers for not as long as Calvin Johnson did, but for that time in Detroit, there was there was a two or three year span where you were like, "Fuck, this is baby Megatron." I was very excited when the Giants wound up with Kenny Galladay. But we look forward to the future. We look forward to next week. Next week, I'm very excited about the future. I'm very excited about yeah. it. I think Hodgins stays. I think Wendell Robinson, yeah, obviously towards ACL, yeah. he comes back. I think they cut Sterling Shepard. No, I think they cut I don't him. Cut I think they do. No. Uh, I think they cut him. Cut Shepard. Let Slayton walk. And do. I think they throw together a couple of day two picks and get one of these guys. And you go get DeAndre. Or, or Ayuk. Yeah. Or Ayuk, and either oh my one. God, Ayuk would be great. Ayuk probably gets traded this offseason because they're not going to be able to afford to keep him. Yeah, I mean, they just yeah. so, they keep bringing. Dude, yeah. the 49ers are incredibly similar, in my opinion, to what the the Rams did a couple of years ago, where they're just like, bring in everybody. Yeah. And then they. There's they, a lot of guys on this team that aren't going to be able to retire there. Like, Christian McCaffrey ain't retiring there. But no way. before you. Jets, quick. We're going to have plenty of time in the offseason to discuss it. A couple things I want to get off my chest. Obviously, we need to get a quarterback. <laughs> I do not feel like the draft is an option for ex- at least day one start of 2023. I'm always going to rest on my laurels that until Zach isn't the guy, I will fucking stick with him. Why not kick the tires? It's only his third year. He's 23 years old. Yada, yada, yada. Lamar Jackson, if he becomes available, you got to pick up the phone and make the call. I already said I'll give up all the picks for him and I'll give him his money. Derek Carr, I don't feel super great about, but the... Part of the reason is that it needs to be done by February 15th and you can't afford to sit on your hands. If Joe Douglas misses out on Derek Carr and then Lamar signs back with Baltimore, he's kind of fucked, right? Here's what I want to say here. You heard, it, you heard it here first. But that's the price point. Rodgers is a price point because if it's more than one first-round pick, go fuck yourself. He's going to be 40 by the start of the season. Two years? If I'm not giving up two first-round picks to get a starting quarterback but you can who th- is 40 – who might be close to the cliff. But then, you, but, really then you got, but then you got two years to bridge Zach Wilson into the role. If you're like, he's still the guy, he just needs more work, you could sit him for two years, 
pick up his fifth year option. I know it's a lot of money, but then eighteen million he retires, and Zach Wilson has that fifth year option as the Jet starter. Just saying, you could you could do it. It's not an unfeasible plan. I just don't love it. Here's what I, I said this to you guys, and I want to say it on the record, on the air. Wow. I All don't right. think we've seen this anywhere. I'm going to be the first person to fucking propose this idea. Wow. Here we go. In all of sports media, to my knowledge. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> why not pick up the phone if you're Joe Douglas and call John Lynch, right? John Lynch over in San Francisco. Say, hey, John, Joe, look, I know that you guys got Mr. Mr. Irrelevant, Big Cock Brock Purdy. I know that he's 6-0. and I know that he probably led you to an NFC Championship game or a Super Bowl appearance at this point. And I know that you're the number one or number two favorite to land Tom Brady if he doesn't go back to the box next year. What's the deal with Trey Lance? <laughs> What's it going to take, John? Help me help you. You gave up three first-round picks to go get this kid. He played one game for your franchise. Now all of a sudden you got this other kid who's running the offense just as good as anybody in the league could. On a seventh-round contract, let me, take, let me take this number three overall contract off your hands. What do you what do you want the thirteenth? I'll give you the thirteenth and the forty sixth overall pick. How's that sound, John? Am I John? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do it again. What was it thirteenth and thirteenth and forty sixth? Fuck. Let me call you back. <laughs> All right, dude. Are you gonna call me back though? Or no? I, don't, I, don't, I don't. All right. Do you I don't sign, have to. Do I sign? Uh, do I sign? I signed Brady, though. You're saying this is if I sign Brady or this is potentially before I signed no, this, this is before, potentially though. before we even I still, Brady. I think I still make the deal. I think I still make the deal. Uh, truthfully. If you're John Lynch. Yes. Do you do that if you're the Jets, though? Uh, less than. You got another. Are you taking on another unproven quarterback? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Right. Right. 100%. You know I mean? Like, you need 100%. stability. I think the best fit is Derek Carr. And I know probably everybody hates that, but I think the best fit is Derek Carr. And I think that... I think fit is a nonsensical question to pose right now, which is why I'm not even getting into it. Because you don't know the office. Fit is going to depend. Yeah, if 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 tomorrow, if by the time we're on the air on Thursday, the Jets have hired Greg Olson as their offensive coordinator, not Greg Olson, former tight end, Greg Olson, former offensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders, then it's a fucking locked up done deal. Derek Carr is the best fit, probably the move that gets made. Hey, this is the thing. This has always been the thing. Put yourself, put your GM shoes, put your GM shoes on. Okay? okay, and here's the thing: Do you want? Do you have faith in the market? It's the quarterback market, so typically you don't. Do you want to be first, be early, and set the market, or do you want to sit on your fucking hands and wait? And this is what I mean by that. For those who don't know what I mean, if the Je- the Jets say we need to get a quarterback in here, we're in win now mode, or we're entering win now mode. Okay, Derek Carr, we're gonna call him. Oh no 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 that, that, that's 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 too much that's unreasonable. But somebody is going to give him that unreasonable price tag or that you believe is unreasonable. Now you've set the market for Derek Carr. For Derek Carr. Now the market's been set for everybody after that. Right away, February 15th in fucking a month a little less than a month from today, the quarterback market could be set already. And that's a scary thing. So if you're the Jets, why not just go first? And just guarantee, I'm going to, whatever it is, and everybody else after that's going to overpay. So, let me just, I'll just pose you with this, right? Colts, Hail Mary package for Derek Carr. Colts get Derek Carr. Lamar goes back. 
Would you not? Even if Derek Carr didn't go back. All right, say that the draft capital price is the same for Derek Carr and for Trey Lance. Take the timing issue out of it, which obviously is ridiculous. But whatever. Take the fact that the deal with Derek Carr would need to be done by February 15th out of it, right? Yeah. Draft compensation is the same. Yeah. Derek Carr is going to have to be paid like a top 10, top 7 guy. He already is. If you're, take, hey, yeah. if you're not going to restructure structure his contract, you're getting that 30-something million next year, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could take that same amount of draft capital, put it into Trey Lance, who most of that first-round money's paid out as a bonus already. So his AAV over the next couple of years is going to be three, four million, if that. Yeah, but then and you're going to have two year. fifth-year options on the same year. Well, I mean, if you trade for Trey Lance, you're assuming one of them is going to work out and the other one's going to get dropped. That's a right. I, uh, to me, that's a scary assumption to make. Like I want stability. Like I like if I'm not if I'm not going with Zach. I need stability. Dude, give me, I get, give me. I get that, but like, let's just look at who are the top three quarterbacks in the NFL? Patrick, Patrick uh, Burrow, and Burrow, Allen, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to put Burrow up there that high yet, but that's interesting. No problem. The other two are fine. It's exactly what I wanted you to say. Who is the, who would be your third? I don't I, you know. I'm not even prepared to answer You asked the question. The question. <laughs> um, well, I got the two answers I wanted. Right. The third was irrelevant. Jalen Hurts? No. Yuck. Yucky. Um, Patrick Mahomes. Did the Chiefs stumble into Patrick Mahomes? Or did they trade up 12 picks to go get a guy that everyone thought was ridiculous and was at least a year and away? It was a project guy, right? Yeah. But they were yeah. – Josh Allen. Did the, did the Bills stumble into Josh Allen or did they trade up multiple picks into the first round to go get Josh Allen on a guy, again, who looked to be a year or two away – with a big talent, but could be a star. Daniel My Jones. point is that the <laughs> the big quarterbacks of today, Joe Burrow, different because the Bengals did kind of fall into the first overall yeah. pick. But these guys, you need to be aggressive to go get a guy because the quarterback position is the number one position in sports. So good guy, like above average quarterbacks, ninety nine point nine percent of the time don't leave the team that they're on because that team is willing. To move hell and high water to keep that guy. So if any, t- the Lamar Jackson thing is one of these interesting situations where the relationship he might feel disrespected, like you know whatever's going on there. That's a rare case. Typically, quarterbacks stay where they're going to stay. Teams don't let don't decide we're going to move on. Quarterbacks decide they're going to move on from the team. Okay, Go ahead. this is what we're going to do because we're going to end the segment after this. But I just play a little game. We weren't going to talk about the Jets, but I'm having fun, so we're going to play a little game. I'm gonna give you quarterbacks. You tell me if you if you would invite them into the franchise, or you'd say for the Jets. Yeah, or you'd say that's a big fucky walkie. You ready? And they're not all fucking elite barn burners. I'm now just going through the list of the rosters, but I have a pretty good sense of of where we're at. Okay, here we go. Ready? Um, Tua. No. Tom Brady goes to the Dolphins. Tua. No. Out. No. As compared to Zach Wilson, like you, so let's just do Fine. That. Yeah. I want to preface this. I'm thinking about this like we're operating with the Jets team right now today. And, and you fall flat on your face on Derek Carr. Okay. Okay. You, so that doesn't happen. Fall flat on the face on Derek Carr and Lamar. And Lamar, yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, Mitch Trubisky. No. No. Okay. I'm just Ryan Tannehill. No. 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 Uh, nah. Fuck it. What's his name? Who's the? You guys will know by when I say it. the the. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. No. no. Mm, 
David Mills. No. So far, every guy you said, I'm signing Mike White and letting the two of them figure it out above every guy that you said so far. Okay. No, I'm just, I'm just, you know. So we're going Trey Lance. You're going to say yes to. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Maybe. Because he could definitely be available. Maybe. 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 Cooper Rush. No. Geno no. Smith. No. Not going to be available. No, I think the Seahawks lock him up. Well, Seahawks are going to lock him up. Just saying. Taylor Heineke. No. I take him, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm not handing him the number one job, but if we're well, right now we're talking about guys that are going to go compete with Zach, right? right so yeah. I'll take him. Gardner, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I take him in that same role. Um, Jordan Love. Yeah. Jordan Love's another guy in the Trey Lance range with to me where I'd call if they did, if they decide we're keeping Rogers Rogers for another year, I'm calling them and saying, "Hey, Jordan's getting antsy." Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Baker kind of makes. Let sense. him go compete with fucking Zach in the in the yeah. All right, yeah. I don't feel like that solves any fucking answers. You know what I mean? Like we're, I feel like we're right. We got we got Baker Mayfield. We got Baker Light. We're like not good here. We're like you know, but whatever. That's fine. I'm not saying it's gonna make the Sam team Darnold. better. Yes. Yeah. You'd run. You'd be yes. Like, let's run. <laughs> let's yes. run it back. Yes, man. It's like let's run it. Shock on back, Sam, dude. baby. Let's run it back. Now I'm gonna get a little. Run car- it back. I would have never traded him. Fuck. I'm gonna get a little crazy. I'm gonna say Kyler Murray. No. No? No. All right, and last but not least, my personal favorite. My personal favorite. And I think this is more viable than everybody thinks. Jameis Winston. Yes. That would be crazy. Throwing a Garrett Wilson. How do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about that, I think dude? I think it's 30 and 30 the sequel, dude. Jameis would be a lot We're going to find out just York. how good that New York Jets defense is. What do you think about but that? But we're going to find out just how good these young receivers I want, are. I wanted to say you know, the best like, for last. Everyone's getting a shot down feed. Yeah, I, I want to say the best for last. Don't Elijah tell Moore, me. shut your mouth. Don't tell I'll me. find you when I find you, Elijah. Don't tell me, dude. Don't tell me Jameis Winston wouldn't. It would be fun. Fucking be absolutely Jameis Winston in New York, if the NFL really was fixed and it was entertainment, not sports that would have been happened dude yeah. it would have done been happening two mark. years ago it's a great mark. he would be amazing in new york he's that guy for dude. better or worse he's dude that guy. you know how electric Jameis winston is it's the only guy that has an equal shot of throwing a touchdown to his designed receiver on the play as he does throwing a pick six to the defensive tackle if, if every play dude if even say, odds. if the jets say hey Jameis, is he available just say and they were like yeah no problem uh it's a fourth round pick Done. You're like done. you're like because that's, that's done. That's, Send him on over. That's probably what it is. Yeah, you just like, you just like done. Hey, dude. The we we traded for James Robinson and then fucking healthy scratched him multiple <laughs> times of the year, right? So that way now that we only owe them a sixth instead of a fifth because he didn't oh, that's equi- right. He did it. So we saved that fifth in the trade. So now take the fourth or the fifth. Like yeah, yeah, take 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 the fourth. If we had to give up that fifth for J-Rob, then I'm like, hey, no, dude, hey, look, listen, I'm hurting here. Listen, Jay three picks are hurting. If right Jameis now. Winston came to New York, fucking pack your bags, dude. It's over for Zach. It's over. The media would fall in love with fucking Jameis. Five touchdowns, five interception games. They'd fall in love with him. Zach would be done. But whatever, I think like, we can move on. Former former college football national champion finds perfect situation in New York to get back on his feet. Oh God. He would in be great. The, I would amazing, dude. very much root for the Jets as well. I would feel very if good. They fucking got Jameis Winston starting on the team next year. I would go to my first Jets game in 10 years, dude. 
That's what I'm saying. Ten plus years I haven't been to a game. You'll catch me in MetLife Stadium with wearing a Jameis Winston jersey. I think I'm the first one to say that. I will wear a Jameis, Jameis Winston take. jersey. Yeah, no the Jameis really take is... No, yeah. No one's really brought the Jameis take up. Just saying. All right. Are we taking a break? Yeah. <laughs> what up, guys? We're going to get you back to the show as soon as possible. I promise you that. But before we can do that, we have to make sure that all of our listeners are looking good and feeling better this fall with Saatchi De Dinero. October 14th, Saatchi is releasing their fall 2022 collection. You want a hoodie that's nice and comfortable. You can wear it out when you're running errands. You can wear it out to the bar. You can wear it maybe when you're going to pick up a date. Whatever you want to do this fall, Saatchi's got you covered. These hoodies, they're pre-shrunk and it's an oversized fit. So basically what that means is you're going to want to grab one size down from what you would normally wear and you're going to be perfect. You normally a large, grab a medium. Normally a medium, you want to grab a small. It's very simple, very lightweight, very comfortable. We got a promo code for you. The promo code HAVOC, H-A-V-O-C, going to get you 10% off of your total purchase at checkout. SachiDDenero.com is where you want to go for that. SachiDDenero, always authentic, never counterfeit. Welcome back to the show, everybody. As always, best way to support the show is to support the sponsors. You support the sponsors, you're supporting the boys, supporting the podcast, supporting a dream, getting out of this basement. We're going to do guess the lines, but before we do guess the lines, we're not going to recap every game. I was going to, but we wound up getting plenty of content. We're not going to let the show go by without talking about the Jack Marcus game. The Los Angeles Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday night. We all had money on them. I had money on the Jaguars to start the game. And as the entire thing is going on, we're texting each other. And as the entire thing is going on, I never once wavered in my confidence. And it gets to 27 nothing. I'm sorry, no, it gets to 20 nothing. And I doubled down. I doubled down on them again. And then it gets to 27 nothing. And I, you, you texted the group chat, this is not how I saw this game going. And I said, the Chargers lose games like this all the time. They're going to crumble. And then at 27, at 30 to 14, I tripled down on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then at 30 to 21, I sent you guys the gif that said, I love Apple Crumble because they were crumbling. And as we speak today, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi has been fired, but Brandon Staley hasn't. So it's the typical, in almost the exact opposite situation of what's going on with the Jets with Michael Floor. Brandon Staley looked for the scapegoat to save his own skin, in my opinion, right? Because Brandon Staley is a defensive coach. Brandon Staley calls the defensive signals. It was not Brandon Staley's decision, to our knowledge, as far as what they're going to say publicly, to only run the ball eight times in the second half up by 30 points, up by 20 points. They only ran the ball eight times. They did not call a conservative second half. And they let Joey Bosa's emotions get the best of him, yeah. which cost them the the game? Go ahead, touchdown, right? Or the, the game. No, the yeah. two-point conversion. No, it was on the touchdown to Kirk that he lost his mind. Yeah, and then the two-point conversion like, was the next play. Right, but they moved. They got it to the one-yard right, line. Right, they got it to the one-yard line to go for, for two. Yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, the other text that I sent to you guys was in quotes, Brandon Staley fired after blowing 27-point playoff lead. I love to see that. And that was at halftime when it was 27-7 when yes, I sent that text. So, I have a timestamp on that. Huge did. fan of the Jaguars Saturday night. I don't know if the fucking magic keep. I doubt the magic keeps going. Also. But a big a big cash cow for me. I made a ton of money on the Jaguars. Also, Sean Payton says that 
that would be his favorite spot. That would be his number one spot would be the Chargers. Which is like the ultimate, sorry, sister, you know? Yeah. Anyway, here we go. So we'll do this. We'll do, uh, uh, here we go. We'll just do it, right? We'll just get right into it. Whatever game you want. Yeah, dude. All right. Um, I guess start with Saturday. What game is first? Do you know? KC Jags is 430. Okay. KC Jags 430 on Saturday. I missed the two games that I want to see more than anything on Saturday. I was thinking about you today. Uh, Fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, Harry Potter. Hope, gonna... hope it's worth it. Um, oh, it's Harry Potter. Happy wife, happy life, baby. Like Harry Potter. With the I do Harry like Harry Potter. Potter. So it's yeah. not Harry no, Potter. I didn't say I like Harry Potter too. I just don't like Harry Potter missing, during a giant playoff game. I'm missing. Not. I'm missing the giant playoff game for Harry Potter. I'm missing the Kansas City game for dinner at Chaz Palminteri's. So we're gonna have a nice little night. Nice. Right? No, I. Hundred percent. You're gonna have a great night. Yeah. Me. I'm also gonna have a great night. I'm gonna watch the Giants. Should I be angle. like one of those dudes in the commercials? Pull up the game on my phone during no, the second act. Not. You think? Definitely not. Will you will have forty text messages from me and Brian saying, <laughs> "Fucking Daniel Jones is him. He's running him over." Anyway, here we go. Or this dude is not worth fifty million a year. We lied. All right, Jacksonville going to Kansas City. Uh, Ant, what do you got? Uh, I got KC minus six and a half. That's oh, not going to be enough. I got Kansas City minus seven and a half. I have a minus six. They're fucking minus eight and a half. What'd you have? Seven and a half. Mm. Which I thought, obviously, I thought was going to be a little bit lower. I disagree. I felt like in the playoffs, more than a touchdown was crazy to think. No, it's not. But this game it is. Yeah. But I guess I'm wrong. All right, Saturday night. Well, if Jacksonville comes out and does what they did in the first quarter against the Chargers to the Chiefs, and Kansas City hits the over on their own. Like, yeah. Uh, Philly versus the Giants. Giants. Um, this one's over a touchdown. Seven and a half. I got six and a half, and you're going to get me, I think. I had four and a half because I was having the same idea. It's fucking seven and a half, though. Yeah. yeah. I told you you're going to have to be good this week, and you were good. <laughs> <laughs> so, not over yet. Not over yet. What's the first Sunday game? First Sunday. So, it's Bengals, Bills, and then All right, Cowboys, so- Lions. They keep giving the Cowboys the fucking prime time. This is yeah, your game. Also, Sunday night, uh, Sunday, uh, rather, 3 p.m. and 6.30. No, yeah, that's, that's normal. Yeah, I'm just saying. Not yeah, a game, that's but. normal. So, Bengals-Buffalo, I really am not looking forward to. This is going to be the one where you have a chance to get me and, and win. I'm not looking forward to this game. I mean. This game's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, but, like, it just, it's just. Whoever wins, it's going to be fun. It's that's not enough. Yeah, but it's not enough removed from the incident. Like now, I we're think so, it's yeah. perfectly removed. I guess we're doing this two weeks later, like running it back. It's going to be a very emotional thing for everybody. I have Buffalo minus one point five. It's not enough. I have Buffalo minus two and a half. I have them minus four, and they're minus five. Yeah. So I'm taking the piss out of them. Yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking the Bengals. Sorry. Right, so it's Brian has one. I have one. You have two. One game left. One game left. And I definitely did not get this one right. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys versus San Francisco 49ers. You don't even mute your phone for the show? It's my phone's iPod. muted. The computer isn't. Oh. Usually I have my phone on airplane Saddle mode because it's down. the camera. San Francisco minus four and a half. San Francisco minus three and a half. I have the minus six, but it's minus three and a half. 
That sucks. The man dude. came through. Yeah. Told you you were going to have to be good to beat man me, dude. I want to punch through. that buck on the wall, dude. Don't <laughs> fucking... Don't punch bring that. Bruce the buck <laughs> into this, dude. I want to go punch Bill right now. He already got handled once. That's fucking Leave him alone. ridiculous, dude. Ooh. All right, Brian. You don't have to get upset. It's not that big of a deal. Well, you're talking about Bruce and the violence. Yeah, dude. You, you got... That is, He's been what is it? Can you tell me what? All I heard was he was right. It was three and a half. It was three and a half. San Fran minus three oh. and a half. Yeah. So the Giants are plus seven and a half. That's right? too little. The Jag. That's crazy. You yeah. think it's too little of a spread? Man, three and a half for. Oh no, I was talking about the Giants. That's how oh. I felt. I, I I went with six. Yeah. I was like, little. I feel like this is an, just under a touchdown, but yeah. Cowboys win one game against the haphazard fucking. <laughs> Buccaneers now all of a sudden we're like this is a field goal game like yeah. what and Brock about? Purdy and so we said we'd talk about the Niners and we never did um an absolute filthy bag of riches offensively on this Niners team course, right yeah. the diversity is off the charts here's what I've been hearing a lot of on Twitter on the radio fans you know any type of guy who's the kind of guy that's calling into the fan at 11 30 on a Tuesday morning probably isn't the guy I want football takes from anyway but we got people call, you know, all over the place I'm hearing, well, Shanahan's just so good. His system's so good. Like, any quarterback can go in there and look good. Right? That's what everyone's saying, okay. right? Okay, great. Do you remember a guy by the name of C.J. Beathard that started for the San Francisco 49ers yeah. with Kyle Shanahan, with mostly all of these options outside of Christian McCaffrey, yeah. right? And they went 2-10, two and, two and, two and 2-11 and under C.J. Beathard? And they had Jeff Wilson and Mozart yeah. and uh, yeah. and arguably better on defense. So I'm just gonna refute that point that any quarterback could get it done in Shanahan's system. I do think it's definitely helpful to have the versatility is ridiculous, dude. They came out dirt early in the Sam- in the Seattle game, I believe. Debo in the backfield. Kittle, like, in the up-back, full-back spot, McCaffrey out wide, and ran fucking triple option, dude. What are you going to do? Yeah, but, uh, like, come on. Like, Debo's 75-yard touchdown, right, which was, like, a fucking eight and out, and then he just broke tackles. Well, not even broke tackles. No one even tried to fucking tackle him. I don't even think he got touched. And he didn't even run a zigzag. He ran straight. They just took off. They, but no, they didn't even want to touch him. Like they just like I was like I was trying to explain like, like I understand that their system's great and all, but like if if you don't want it, then you don't get it. That's how it works. So when Brandon Ayuk blocked that guy, the defender, for twenty yards upfield, and he just the cornerback just couldn't escape Brandon Ayuk. Right. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. My man is running up the sideline. So it's not even like, which way is he going to go? Like, you know he can't go left. He can only go back to the middle of the field. And you just let Ayuk just fucking seal you for 20 yards. No, Ayuk sealed him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got, like, you know what I mean? You got to want it more than that, dude. Like, so things like that just, I I get it. They're talented. But, like, you got to play hard. You got to, you know, one of the things I noticed yesterday was, like, you know who's really going to be a fucking problem? He's a problem for everybody. Parsons. Did Parsons get hurt? He, he didn't even miss a play. Oh, he didn't. It was, it was the play. I I turned the game off and I just saw people tweeting Parsons ACL. So I he he, he his knee got banged in, but it was up in the air, mm-hmm. and then it was that that was the last play before half, 
and he came out and didn't miss a play at half. Like second half, he played every game. Okay, good. That's good. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, and he was disruptive as hell. And every like he's in the back. He's like in the huddle. I mean, that dude's a def- literally and figuratively. He was literally trying yeah, to get in the huddle. Yeah. That so, man's a defensive unicorn. I said today, this morning at work, and we were unloading the big truck, ninety something pieces, and and I said to everybody, it was like a whole bunch of people, right? And I said, I said out loud, I go. I had to say something stupid because they said, oh, you watched the game last night? Yeah, I'll say something stupid. Here we go. Mike, Mike, Mika, right? Micah? Micah. Micah Parsons is the second or third greatest defensive player that ever lived. By the time it's all said and done. It's been a league two years. By the time it's all said and done, two years, two all for all pro first teams. Yeah. The man is psychotic. If he stays healthy, he's in the backfield. Every play, his win rate. Did you see his win rate? No. It's like sixty nine percent. He wins He's and forces a pressure sixty nine percent of the time. What are we doing? Like, how do you not? Also, totally unrelated, but I have to say because I think it's great. Taylor uh, Luan said that when he played JJ Watt. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, J.J. Watt would, on the first two series, line up against every offensive lineman down the line and pick the weak one for the day. <laughs> and he says, and he would just single him out. And he'd be like, I'm staying here. And he said, as a rookie, I played him. And he goes, for whatever hap- for whatever reason, he's like, I played well. And the first, t- the first game we ever played against him. And then he's like, and then he just... Never went after me again. He's like, yeah. for the rest of my seven-year career, he's he like... He said he lined up on me in like a three-tech on the first possession, and then I never saw him again. He goes, I did well, and he goes, for the next seven years of my career, I saw him maybe 10, 15 snaps. Well, that's good. He's like, someone was looking out for me. <laughs> but he goes down the line and targets. Don't tell me Parsons doesn't do that, dude. He's everywhere, that yeah. motherfucker. He's just everywhere. So I'm just saying, if I'm looking at that game, he causes disruption. I think the whole game depends on... Dak Prescott. The whole game depends on uh, Trevor Lawrence. The whole game, and then the other two games are not like that. Those are the only two games where I see that if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play A-plus ball, they not it's not close. Yeah. And if M- Micah Parsons and Dak both don't absolutely bring it because, and I say this too, Ezekiel Elliott is washed. Washed, washed, washed. That man looks so low. He's out of the league in two years. He'll have one more year. And if he doesn't reinvent himself as a fucking power back, like, he's done. He's done. Or, 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 hear me out. Get off the boat. Get off the fucking, stop spending the offseason touring Maui, dude. <laughs> that too. To each his own. I mean, he I made mean, his money. I mean, whatever. Uh, to be f- or, you know what? That's fine. Or retire. But, like. Pollard is so much better than him. But anyway, I think it's, it's Parsons and I think it's Dak. They have to play outstanding games. Or they're not going to beat the 49ers. Like, for the 49ers to lose, not only do they have to play well, but the 49ers to play bad. And that's how that's where that, right? The Giant game, I don't see it that way. I don't think that Daniel Jones needs to play the same game he played, yet, uh, you know, uh, Sunday. Obviously, he's got to play good defense. Gotta, yeah, they got to play good defense. And it's, a, it's just a whole different thing. And then the Bills and Bengals, who the fuck knows? What what do you got for that one? Like real quick, for me it's and I'm going money lines. It's Chiefs, it's um, 49ers, it's Bengals, and you know I'm gonna say just because I gotta say it, it's Giants. 
I'm gonna say mine are the same. Um, the only and I don't know why, but I just feel like the Penguins win this game, and I have no fucking idea why I feel that way. I also feel that way. But I, I feel that way too. I feel that way too, and I think it's because Josh Allen has like 40 combined turnovers this year. I just I was thinking more of like Joe Joe Burrow, man. He's just fucking. He's ice cold. The man. Is Do you remember? I was thinking that this last night. Do you remember last week on the show when I like wrote the script and you guys were like, "Settle down, it's fucking the wild card weekend," and you're going ahead and you're doing all too much, right? And I said the fucking, I said the Bengals were gonna play a really close game, and then, and then the Bills were gonna play a close game, and then the next game we were gonna see. Now this is not what I just called. I'm just calling the script right. that the next week we were gonna be like, "Oh, I don't know about the Bills, but the Bills will fucking blow them out." You know, yeah. Like in theory, a, a good Josh Allen should get the job done. In theory, yeah. He hasn't been great, and I know he made a lot of fucking mistakes last week. But a good Josh Allen should get the job done. Here's what I'll say about this coming weekend, and then I'm done. I see three games with high risk for blowout potential. The only game that I see that not as a high risk for blowout potential is Cincinnati versus Buffalo. And for me, that's why it's the most interesting game on the slate. Going to wind up picking the Giants, too. Going to root for the Giants. Going to put money on the Giants. We'd be lying to ourselves if we didn't say the way that the first game went, the way that Philly's season has went, that the game doesn't have blowout potential. The only argument you could put against me, really, is that the Giants haven't really gotten blown out this year, except for when they played who? In the first match, that's what makes me nervous. But Kansas City versus Jacksonville, dude. obvious blowout potential. Yeah. San Fran, Dallas, obvious blowout potential. Yeah, like you're saying, if Dak comes out and throws two picks in the first half, then you know, and they're the gonna, are just gonna they're gonna get it. they're just gonna it doesn't matter. They're just gonna flat out get to him more clean than the Bucks. Could. Right, that's true. The Bucks, Bucks defense was dude. Dak was on one last night. Yeah, audibleing at the line. Moving parts, he, he he he. I mean, he played great. You can't. You just can't audible around Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa, and you know. And you can't. You can't miss four extra points. Definitely can't miss four. Extra you got to come. No, no, no. So I'll close it out, and I'll just say this one thing before Thursday: that I think the Giants take that second loss to the Eagles and build off of it because those weren't the starters, and they played close, and for a fair amount of the game. The Eagles had their starters in. Right. And I think they say, fuck that first game. That was that was a totally different team, you know, for themselves. Now this is the this is the current team. We lost to our bench players. Now let's now you got our starters. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I think they I think they use that mentality. I think that's their bulletin board material. But that's that's all I have. Anything else for Brian? Go Giants. I mean, we're here Thursday, but still. <laughs> Go Giants. Go Giants during the week at practice. Have a good walkthrough. No one get hurt. God willing. We're brought to you by House of Havoc Podcasting, Tiger Pack Productions, Sachi De Dinero, State Thirsty Company, Dino Skate Park, and Justin's Chop Shop of West Hampton Beach. Peace out. Stay tuned.